Welcome to the Catholic Influencers Podcast, where we go deeper into the Sunday Gospels reading to help you influence the world for Jesus. I'm Father Rob Gallia. And I'm Denny Sullivan. And this podcast is presented to you by FRG Ministry. Happy and blessed Holy Week. Happy Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is risen or about to rise. I know. It feels very weird I know, saying eh? this when we know that, well, we haven't even gone through Holy Week yet. Because we, we do podcasts on on the Sunday, but like significant this week is the Friday as well, like yeah. of, of the Holy of Holy Week. But those of you who haven't listened to to last week's podcast, um, Palm Sunday podcast, well, I really recommend you, you listen to that before you listen to this on Holy Week. Uh, maybe you can listen to this very early Sunday morning or mm. late Sunday, Saturday night. And then when we say blessed easter yeah (laughs) exactly so this week just just bear with us but i really do recommend last week's podcast um, palm sunday podcast um we talked about the the cross you know the the suffering of jesus and it is really it is a really good um thing to listen to as you prepare for for this wonderful holy week but what we're going to talk about is is easter sunday it's a, a a wonderful it's a a, a wonderful celebration, but it makes no sense without the crucifixion. Eh? So this is where where it comes. Um, the, the power of of the resurrection is only because of the power of the cross. Jesus died on the cross for us. He died for our sins, but he showed us that death has, doesn't have the final say. Not even sin has the final say. Um, God has the final say. His love has the final say. And his resurrection shows us that we too have a resurrection to live for, that we're going to rise from the dead again on the last day. Our bodies, our souls are going to be united with that of Jesus, with those we love, those who have made it to heaven before us. How awesome is that? Just gave a theological synthesis right there. I know. There. I just sit here going, how am I supposed to talk? Like, how do I compete with that? <laughs> Look, your voice is important. Otherwise, they're just hearing me. And it's it's nice. While, while, while you're talking as well, I listen. I, I, I learn from you as well, even while you're preparing. Mm. So Danny puts a lot of work into this as well. So Well, the thing is, I have to put a lot of work into it. You can kind of, I think, you know, for one of the podcasts we've done this season, you went and got like a pre-planned talk that you've yeah. given. Whereas I just have to like <laughs> study new every single week. But, I mean, okay, let's try again. But that pre- pre-planned talk, put I put hours into yeah. that as well. And uh, even this podcast, uh, every yeah. podcast. We, we put we, a lot of time in, but you have a bit of a theological degree bonus. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we all do. All seminarians have to. Yeah. So we have, uh, I, we enjoy, I enjoy theology. But theolo- you don't need to have a theology degree to be I a theologian. Am, yeah, well, yeah, apparently. You can, so you're, you can be on a podcast with no theology degree and it's completely fine. Yeah, that's right. But you've started. As long as you're, you know, with someone that does know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I can be here just to pick up the pieces. That's yeah, right. I feel like you pronounced everything <laughs> wrong. You just gave new disciples new names, yes, things I'm, like that. And then I sort of, I'm wondering if this is the, we're, we're celebrating living the same religion. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Resurrection Sunday is upon us. 
Good Friday, those of you who are listening before Good Friday, um, a, a wonderful week of Easter preparation. But again, let's let's go to the resurrection. Let's go to Resurrection Sunday. Danny is going to proclaim the gospel for us on this Catholic Influencers podcast. So the gospel reading for Sunday, Easter Sunday this year, comes from John chapter 20, verses 1 to 9. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark, and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. Jesus is risen. Like those of you who are still again in Holy I know, Week. I feel like saying those in the Holy word. Week. <laughs> For those of you who are listening on Saturday and Sunday, we're going to say it. Hallelujah. He is <laughs> risen. So this is a, a beautiful gospel again of love, of, of people pursuing Jesus, even when in desperation, even in hopelessness. And the characters here are Mary Magdalene, whom who love Jesus so much. And then there's Peter and then there's the beloved apostle. Now the beloved disciple was called the beloved disciple. He's John, but he wanted, when John wrote the words beloved disciple, the beloved apostle, it was that he didn't want it to only to be himself. He wanted us to be in that place that we each and every one of us are the beloved disciple, the beloved apostle. This is, I'll I'll tell you a little fact about me, probably one of my favorite lines in the whole Bible is where John writes that he was faster than Peter. And I just think like, wow, you solidified in all of history in the most famous written word that you got there first. And yeah. I love that. Like, yeah, he might have been younger and fitter and who knows, maybe he was whatever. Yeah. But I just think how good that he got to include that. Yes, that's good. It shows his enthusiasm, it, mm-hmm. uh, but it also shows that he was much younger <laughs> than than Peter. Peter was a, a wise older man, not slower. old. <laughs> and slower, yes, because of that, because of his wisdom, mm. the weight of his wisdom. Yeah, it slows us down. So this is these three characters. You have Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene had a love for Jesus that very few had. Maybe one of the people who loved Jesus most. Jesus had done something for her that no one could ever do she and she would never forget you see she was a lady of the night and and Jesus reclaimed her he forgave her he purified her and she sinned much and because of that she was forgiven much and as a result she loved much And so this is the story as it starts with Mary Magdalene, that she wakes up and she runs, runs to this tomb. Now, let's understand again in context, in Palestinian custom, people who who loved the person who was deceased would go to visit the tomb every day for three days after their death. So they would go to the tomb 
um, for, for three days after burial. Now, the reason why was because they believed that the spirit actually didn't leave the area until three days after. And the reason why the spirit left, according to Palestinian tradition, was uh, and Jewish tradition then even, was that the spirit left because after three days the body began to decay and the spirit wouldn't necessarily recognize the body anymore and then leave. But the situation here is that Jesus died on what day of the week? Friday. He died on a Friday. And so the next day is the Sabbath, Saturday, a day of rest, a day where they couldn't walk the distance to the tomb and they couldn't go to the tomb and tend to the tomb without breaking the law. So the people who love Jesus didn't go to the tomb on the Saturday. But instead, Mary Magdalene, according to the scripture, wakes up really early, probably three in the morning or so, and runs towards the tomb. And she's excited in a sense that she can venerate this body, that she can honor the the body that carried Jesus. And so she goes there and she goes to to serve and to to honor this, this body, this temple. And as she goes there, she realizes the tomb, the stone is moved. And this is sort of, I imagine, really confusing for her. Like, what's going on? And I imagine two things would have come to her mind. The first thing that would have come to her mind is, is that Jews kidnapped the body, took the body, and uh, maybe to hide it from people, just to maybe uh, cre- create doubt in the minds of people, maybe because he was an, uh, they didn't want him, his body to be venerated. Who knows? But the second thing was that there might have been robbers that came to steal, that came to raid the tomb to, to get some, some uh, financial benefit. Yeah, so as Mary arrives at the tomb and the stone's moved and, you know, she knows something's not quite right, the first thing she does is just sprint back Mm. to Simon, Peter and John. Like she just runs back to them because she knows that they'll know what to do next. Or maybe Who do you think would run faster? John or Mary Magdalene? I think John. I'm putting my money on John. Okay. <laughs> so she runs back. There's a lot of running in this. There uh, is. This. Everyone's just running back. But it's like very intense. I mean, yeah, you've in like a horrible two days and then, oh, the tomb's empty. I I would want to run pretty fast if I was there. Yeah, especially at three in the morning, you go to a sort of a cemetery. <laughs> I would have to love someone so <laughs> yeah. deeply to go to them at 3 a.m. in the morning. 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and there you go. <laughs> As opposed to 3 a.m. In the wow, afternoon. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> this is, this subject's intense. This no, we're is... taking a joke break. Mm. Okay. Uh, not so much a joke. Well, I feel like it's just a joke at someone's expense. Um, <laughs> but you keep laughing, Father Rob. You just laugh away. I'm laughing with you. Mm, yeah, I'm laughing. So anyway, Mary ran to Peter and John. Let's get back on topic. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they, yeah, that's when John obviously outrun. Peter, yes. Um, to get back there to see what's happened, and in Torah law, there had to be two people to be a witness to anything. But Mary wouldn't have counted; she was a woman, so maybe that's why she went to the two of them. Maybe they were staying together because they didn't flee, like some of the disciples would have, because it was a very mm. tumultuous time to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, so that that could be why she ran to them. But also, you know, Peter is the leader. Yeah, he was seen as the leader. So yeah, she just went to who she knew would know what to do. So she runs to Peter and John, and it's significant, I think, in the scripture that uh, that she runs to Peter. You see, because Peter was, uh, even then, by Mary Magdalene, who loved the disciples and who loved Jesus, who acknowledges Peter as the leader of the apostolic band. 
in spite of the denial of Jesus, you know, she would have been upset that she, that Peter denied Jesus. Because if, if she really loved Jesus and she knew that Peter denied Jesus three times, she would have been upset that someone would have be- betrayed someone she loved. But yet she still runs to Peter. She still acknowledges Peter as the leader. She, m- m- he, Peter must have been, in a sense, also an extraordinary leader. And because in spite, and sometimes we look at Peter as in his weakness, we look at Peter as as someone who who denied Jesus, but it mustn't blind us to his leadership. But also, I see in Mary Magdalene an amazing woman who honored leadership, even though maybe sometimes it was difficult to honor leadership. And I think this is a beautiful sign of, of, of how the church worked on honor and, and, and because they were anointed by God, appointed by God. Jesus put Peter in charge. And so Mary Magdalene honored that. And so and then, then we have this scene. They come together. John is fitter. He's younger. But he looks in into the tomb. He goes into the tomb, but he doesn't go in again. Another acknowledgement of Peter's leadership. So he decides, I'm not going to go in. Let the leader go in first. You see, John recognizes something even before Peter goes in. And that is that the, the cloths are still in place. He recognizes that something's not quite right here. Or maybe something is quite right here. That the cloths were placed there in a way as though Jesus evaporated through them. And so he looked and, and he believed. Because those linen cloths were valuable. And if there was someone going to come and rob the grave, that's something that they would have taken. And John would have known that as well. So he would have deduced at that point that, uh, that it wasn't robbers, that it must have been a resurrection um, that happened. So the, the scripture says, John realizing what happened, he believed. He saw that Jesus had risen. And so this is what love does. I, I just looking through this, I just saw the, 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 the trace of love. It is love that uh, drew Mary Magdalene there to wake up early in the morning. Mary, who loved Jesus so much, uh, made her the first person at the tomb. And again, this is what the love for Jesus does, relationship with Jesus, which is impossible. You cannot love Jesus if you don't have a relationship with him. You cannot love Jesus if you don't spend time talking with him. You don't hang around with him. And you cannot love Jesus profoundly if you don't recognize your sinfulness. Because when recognizing your sinfulness, you're recognizing his mercy and his love for you in spite of your sinfulness. Peter experienced that, Mary Magdalene experienced that, and we can see this, and that drew her to the empty tomb. And the second thing was John, whom Jesus loved and who loved Jesus, was the first person in the world to believe in the resurrection, the first person to believe and to understand that Jesus was risen from the dead. You see, this is what love does. Love draws us to Jesus and helps us believe and understand. And as a result, as a result, what do we do? We run back to the city again and we proclaim Jesus to others. 
And this love, this relationship, it just shows the encounter that Jesus wanted to have with Mary and Peter and John, but also that he wants to have with us and that he can have with us because he has resurrected. He wasn't in that tomb. He was alive again and he's alive now and he comes down and he is, you know, waiting for us to run to him and he's running after us as well to have this encounter because, well, because of the resurrection, because of the beauty and the majesty of Easter Sunday, we can have that same encounter that they had, you know, in history all those years ago, but we can have that today. Yes. So the resurrection has made this faith, this encounter, this relationship timeless, Mm. that we today can have that very same love that Mary Magdalene had. We can have the the very same faith that, that John had. We can have also the same anointed leadership that Peter had. And so this is, again, because of the power of the resurrection, God anoints people to these places of encounter. But also it brings us to, I think, our topic, which we're going to talk about today is leadership. Because you see, first of all, I'd start by saying this before Danny sings a song for (laughs) us, is that leadership is not just for the few. As Christians, as followers of Jesus, we're all called to some kind of leadership, okay? And it's to lead others ultimately to the cross and ultimately to the resurrection. So now I'm going to hand over to Danny, who's going to sing us the song of the week. This is, for those of you who have never tuned in before, Danny wants to be on a big stage singing. And so this is a big stage for her to be singing for us. like bigger than any stage that I ever want to go on because yes. I can't see them looking at me in shock. Like, why would she <laughs> sing into a microphone? <laughs> why would she do that to herself? So, Danny, take it away. Let's turn to the words, the leader of the pack. <laughs> That's all I've That's got. That's it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Or maybe um, more, more like... <laughs> That's good. Okay. I, I couldn't remember the rest of the words, and I leader of what? Where's that song taken it's from? Called "Leader of the Pack." Um, from well, I don't really know, but one <laughs> one of my friends in like early high school loved it, so she just listened to it on repeat. Okay, but I don't remember the song except for "Leader of the Pack." But we're going to move on now. <laughs> Definitely. Leadership, Christian leadership. We're all called to be leaders. We're all called to lead people to Jesus as a Christian, but also lead people to a beautiful dignity, knowing their value, knowing their dignity. But what are the qualities of a good Christian leader? And we're going to divide this into three parts. Talk about this briefly. Three things that were visible and present in the life of Peter as a leader, but also uh, should be present in our lives in er in any form of leadership. So number one, Danny. Yeah. So the first thing is knowing their mission and being committed to achieve that. So Peter, you know, Jesus had told him that you were the rock, but maybe he didn't know that, but he was committed to it. So Mm -hmm. even though he had denied Jesus, he stayed around and he, you know, he ran and he entered the doom first and he did these things that he had to do because he was anointed to do them. Even if he didn't want to do it, if he didn't really know what he was doing, he was there and he was ready to show up and committed to that. Yes. And in spite of his weakness, in spite of the opposition, in spite of the difficulties, he never fled. He stuck there. He stayed there. 
And so this is the quality of leadership is knowing your mission, knowing that you are called by God and each one of us are and knowing what we're called to and being committed to it, even though it seems like it fails over and over and over again. And this I see as well in the work that I do, in the work that so many parish priest pastors do. Very often, you know, their work, they're committed to it, but they don't see the results, but they keep going, keep going. But if God has anointed it, if God has called you to it, he will show you the results. Consistency, persistence, consistency is key here. So keeping close to God, knowing your mission, and then keeping to it in spite of your weakness, in spite of the difficulty, in spite of the impossibility at times. And the second thing is taking care of your people, being a shepherd, looking after the lost ones, the ones on the outside, but also the ones that are so close to you because they're the ones that are going to have a huge impact. Like Jesus, he had 12 people around him and he invested Mm. in them and he empowered them and looked after them. It's not about looking at your own interests and looking at to, to build your own kingdom, but it's always about building people, building saints, building champions who are ready to love Jesus and to know Jesus, but to go out of your way, even for the one. We're not here util, utilitarianists in the sense that we sacrifice the one for, for the many, but we're the opposite. You know, we go for the, the one, the lost sheep. And, and this is the um, sort of contrary leadership because it's about loving the individual, loving the, the, the single person. And when it comes to, again, this kind of leadership, when you, there's administrative leadership as well, look after those who are around you. I love what Richard Branson says. He says, the most important people in your business, in your, in your church and in in people around you are not the, your customers, but are the people that you're surrounded with, your employees, because once they are empowered, once they are strengthened, once they have the vision, once they are captivated, then they can themselves go and reach out and capture more individual souls. I think you do a really good job of that, Father Rob, when you just message us to make sure that we've got coffee in the morning. So if (laughs) Father Rob's driving to the office, he'll message like us in the office and go like, all right, what's the coffee order? So thank you for looking after us. You're welcome. (laughs) I I hope I do more than that as well. But (laughs) she's blank. Like I can't think of anything (laughs) else. I quickly think of an example. (laughs) No, no, no worries about examples. You also bring your dog to the office. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's because I. I, Gozo and coffee. Yes. (laughs) I'm scared to leave. I'm scared to leave Gozo at home because there's a staff there in the parish, and sometimes he gets a bit grumpy when they go into my room. So, (laughs) Danny, (laughs) it's been it's been growled at before. And I like to think almost bitten, but that's just me, a bit of hyperbole. Um, but yeah, he is a cute dog, but can be... Protective. Very protective. Okay. Number three. <laughs> and the third thing kind of leads on from that, where you intentionally produce other leaders. You empower people. You know, it always becomes not about you. Mm. Um, and one thing that... So I was in youth ministry for a few years and I used to love, mainly because I am introverted being able to empower people so that I didn't actually have to be there at all, (laughs) like running myself out of a job. And that's kind of like as a leader what you're called to do. Like if I, well, I can only speak for myself, like if I didn't have to be at an event, event, that meant that the leaders had stepped up and they could do, you know, more than they could have done a few months ago or a few years ago because they were empowered and they knew that what their mission was and they were able to grow in that leadership and that discipleship. 
And that's what a good leader does. A good leader makes themselves redundant. Once you're redundant, then it doesn't mean you don't have a job, but you build something else and then you make yourself redundant. And this is what I do my whole life. I spend, I, I try to make myself redundant so that I can move on to something else. And then that the people have taken over that mission. And a, a, a Christian leader is not one that is led by fear and control, but one's led, one who's led by humility and one who wants to, to lead other people, to raise people. This is what the scripture says, consider others better than yourselves. Raise up leaders who, who can communicate better, sing better, talk better, who can administer better than yourselves. And I think another key point about humility is like seeing yourself as God sees you and God sees you as appointed for a mission. So even when you feel unworthy or you want to run away from leadership, like God sees you as the leader of that mission at that time. So yeah, maybe it's not exactly what you want, but in humility, you can accept that, okay, I am appointed for this. I have been anointed by God and he wants me to complete this mission. He wants me to dedicate my life to it for now until I make myself redundant whenever that is all in God's timing. But that's humility as well. So yes, see others better than yourselves, but also remember to see you as God sees you. Yes. And this is impossible again without prayer. Mm. And so a good Christian leader, Catholic leader prays every day, prays for their, their employees, prays for their, um, their sheep, a person who prays for their friends, prays for their family, but also stays close to the resurrection, stays close to the purpose of why we're doing all of this is because we're going to be raised on the last day, because we're going to see Jesus, because we are all called to be saints. Yeah. I would say that that's the most important part because you can be the most humble, dedicated, driven leader, but if you're not in relationship with Jesus, then it's about you. It's about your leadership. But the closer you are to Jesus and the more you ask for the you know, Holy Spirit's intercession in the ministry or whatever type of leadership it is, then that's where lives are going to be able to be transformed by letting the Holy Spirit work through you. And that comes from having a relationship, a close relationship with Jesus. And having this close relationship with Jesus draws us again to these three points of leadership, knowing your mission. Close to Jesus, you're going to know your mission and you're going to be... Ha- you're going to have the strength to commit to it. Then you're going to have a love that transcends a love for yourself. It's not a selfish love. So you can take off, take care of people and then lead others, produce other leaders to, to take on the mission, which, which God has appointed you for as well. We record this podcast in our beautiful FRG ministry office, uh, which is really lovely and nice, but there's a tram that goes right outside the front door. So every now and then Father Rob and I just like stop, stare at each other for like eight seconds and wait for the dram to pass. <laughs> so that's just what's happened. Um, but thank but you, you edit it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I take the tram noise out and you don't know that there was just awkward silence for a few seconds. But that is a great ending to our podcast. So thank you so much for listening today. We hope that you do have a really blessed Holy Week and Easter. It's such a beautiful time um, for the church, for you, for your family. So please enjoy it, embrace it and let this, you know, end of Lent, an Easter season that goes for up until Pentecost, isn't it? That's right. For another few. <laughs> it's a long, long, a long time. time yeah. um, but let this transform your lives and let it renew you for the rest of the year as well. So thank you for listening. Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you at FRG Ministry social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Instagram Catholic Influencers. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week, which is Divine Mercy Sunday. Bye.